My humble pranams at the lotus feet of our beloved Lord. Sairam, dear brothers and sisters. Our final talk this morning will review much of what we've discussed over the last two days and take what we have learned forward through the rest of your lives. A few observations. Many of you have practiced very sincerely. It's wonderful to see the change in your outlook, the change in your understanding. Life transforming information. But will you practice? Maybe? Yes? Yes. Yes. Very good. I will tell you, I saw a few of you sleeping, even one gentleman snoring during meditation this morning. I saw a few of you sleeping during the chanting of the Sai Gayatri that just concluded. If you are like this, you will never be fit for self-realization. You will never be fit to move forward, and you will lose this opportunity that Swami has given you. Wake up, wake up, wake up. I started the conference this way and I'm ending it the same way. You have to wake up. For how long will you go on sleeping? For how long will you go on dreaming? You are not the body, you are not the mind, you are not the ego, you are not your personalities, you are not your memories. Nothing that has happened to you in the past is real. It's all a dream. The real you is the eternal, omnipresent Sai. You are God. Realize it, know it, be it. That's all you have been. That's all you can ever be. Wake up from this dream. This is your waking dream. At night, you have your sleeping dream. But both are dreams. Wake up. There's nothing more for you to do than wake up. That's it. There's no life purpose, there's no life mission, there's no doing this, there's no doing that, there's nothing. Just wake up, and that's all. Make this your priority. First, be clear. For those of you who are sleeping, you lost a great chance. Physically sleeping, I mean. Don't lose it again. Wake up. Let's go over the homework. The first homework, I need mics for the audience, please. The first homework was to chant, I am Sai, allowing that chanting to come from Swami himself. Who would like to share what they learned, what happened? Yes, sir. Sairam, sometimes uh, this is my personal thing, I just want to rectify, so that's why I'm calling. I am saying inside, I am sighing, I am sighing, I am sighing. But it goes for a little while and the mind goes somewhere else. Mm. And again block the mind and come back. And again I am sighing, I am sighing. But how long this, uh, both, uh, I don't know what, what, what is the internal talk, uh, what it is going on inside, I don't know. But how to increase the intensity of I am sighing and reduce the intensity of the other it's a very good question. I'm sure that, thank you for asking because I'm sure many other people have the same question. What I do in my spiritual practice is I do the two techniques that I taught you yesterday, one to control the mind and one to control the emotions. Let's do it now. On your right hand side, visualize a tape measure. It can be anywhere on your right. Visualize this tape measure and allow the tape to be pulled out. It's one of those metallic square type with a, a rigid tape, allow that to be pulled out. 
And when you're ready in your inner scene, push the button on that tape measure and allow the tape to come whirring back in with a loud snap. And now let's turn our attention to the left side where there's a tree branch from a beautiful tree and on this tree is a snake representing our emotions. When our emotions coil up around us, we are totally suffocated. We are completely controlled, just like a python controls its prey. But in this case, the snake is wound around the horizontal tree branch with its head and tail hanging down and the snake is holding, not biting, holding the tail in its mouth, controlling the emotions. Good. Let's now come back. These two simple techniques, which come from Phyllis Crystal, can be used to help you. Do these two before every meditation. Do this before every prayer session. Do this before you go to sleep. Learn to sublimate the mind, the ego. Control the mind, master the mind, Swami says, and then become a master mind. These are two simple techniques you can do to do this. The second homework was to chant, sing, and pray as if it were coming from God. Who would like to share their experience with this one? Yes, madam, sister. Just one moment for the mic, please. Um. Yesterday was, yesterday it was very emotional and observing was the, the feeling I got. And today when we were doing it, I felt that richness in me, but I was actually witnessing it as I was doing it. And that's what I've been experiencing for quite a while now is that whenever I'm doing it, it's not, I, I can actually see myself doing it and witnessing it as I'm doing it. Are you doing it, or is it no, Swami doing it? it's Swami doing it. Yes. Swami's doing it, and I'm, it's Swami witnessing what's going on, is the, is the experience this body's feeling. Good, good. Just witness. Swami says, no need to think anything, no need to feel anything, no need to do anything. Just watch my play. Allow that to happen. When you're totally watching, when you're totally uninvolved through the mind and the emotions, whatever needs to happen will happen. You will take care of your work. You will take care of your family. And you will be the best in your family. You will be the best in your workplace. You will exceed expectations. But you will be the witness. Earlier, yesterday, you heard Dr. Michael talking about how we have accomplished some wonderful things in Swami's hospital, how we've been able to move forward, making our hospital one of the best in the entire country. You heard how we've been able to achieve some of the first in India with regards to the technology and the work that we are doing there. It's not that we are doing anything. We're just simply allowing that to happen through us. Dr. Michael was very kind in giving me all the credit but it's not true. We're just allowing Swami to work through us. And that's all you have to do. You can be the best in the world if you allow Swami to work through you. If you look at my own life, you'll see Harvard, Stanford, Duke University, Cleveland Clinic, all big prestigious stamps. It's not that I did anything, but what you see is, is worldly excellence 
as well as spiritual excellence. You can have both. It's not that you can only be good in spirituality and not be good in anything else. Or you can only be good in your job, but you have to neglect your spiritual side of yourself. Be that master. Be the master. Excel spiritually. Expel, excel in your work. Excel in your family. Excel in your physical strength, your endurance, your, the way that you hold your body. Excel in everything, but you have to allow Swami to do it for you. Thank you, sister. The third homework was to ask, who am I? Where do I begin? And where do I end? Who would like to share their comments on that? And if you're looking down, you may be asked. So, yes, sir, in the back. In asking that question, uh, it first was resonating in the mind. And I knew that that was not where the answer was going to come. So I let it settle into the heart. And what arose was just simply a deeper and deeper and deeper stillness. And with that deepening, the space increased, which gave the answer to where do I begin and where do I end? And the answer is nowhere. Yes, very good. Please don't expect a verbal answer. It's not like you're typing an email and expect an email back. What you're expecting is an awareness of the answer, expecting an awareness. May I just add that with it came just complete peace, complete satisfaction. Good. Um, literally what you just said, there's nothing to do, there's nothing to feel, there's nothing to think in that stillness. Just watch his play. Thank you. Sir, you had a comment as well? Uh, mine is the opposite side. I'm trying, but looks like there is blankness. I'm not getting anything back. So you have to wait, you have to wait. You have to wait and be patient, allowing the answer to come to you. And it's constant inquiry. Remember, as long as you are breathing, you have to practice your sadhana. So it's not that you just say, huh, Dr. Srikant said I have to do the homework, I better do it once before the next session. No, constant practice. Constant practice. Do you breathe just once a day and say, I'm done for the day? It's constant. And sadhana has to be like that as well. Constant inquiry. Who am I? Who am I? Who is this one that is just getting blankness? Go deeper inside. It is not a verbal answer. It is simply an awareness. Just awareness. The last homework was to evaluate in your own life how does reflection reaction and resound take place. What is happening with you? What are you sending out that is being reflected back to you? So volunteers from the audience. Now for this question, I'm going to pick on people. So if you would like to volunteer, please feel free. The gentleman all the way in the back. been thinking about a couple of uh, family-related issues, and uh, I'm like, I don't know, Swami, how to solve this. I give up type stuff. And, uh, you know, on and off, I've done this reflection, reaction, resound. So immediately last night when I was walking, doing the homework, so to speak, 
it popped up. All those problems were mine. What I saw outside were my problem. I won't go into the detail, but it was so clear. Uh, now, it doesn't mean the problem that the other person has on the other side will be solved when I solve my problem, but that's none of my business. Very good. Very, very good. That is excellent. Excellent. You know, one Swami uh, told us, he said, what others do and what others don't do is none of your concern. This happens a lot in the Sai Center. Why is she singing like that? Why is he doing this? Why did he say that? I had a friend who was uh, the devotional coordinator for one center, and you know, the poor devotional coordinators, there's always people trying to tell them, turn up the microphone volume, turn it down, do this, do that. So after some time, he would simply, he would simply look at the dial. He actually wouldn't move it. He would just do like this, and he would look at the friend saying, <laughs> and the person would say back like this, and it would be okay. What others do or don't do is none of your concern. But what is being reflected back to you through them, that is your concern because that is what you have created. Every single thought that you have will be manifested on some level of creation or another. That is why Swami tells us to watch our words, our actions, our thoughts, our character, our heart. He's not simply telling us to be good, moral people. He's telling us we are constantly creating, just like he is, because we are... Exactly. That's how it works. Simple. Who else wants to share? I'm going to pick on somebody. The lady, the last person sitting on the right-hand side, or my right-hand side, your left-hand side. Now she's looking away. <laughs> what happened to you when you did reflection, reaction, resound? How did you contemplate on this? What happened? Well, I realized that what I was putting out, I was getting back. I was getting... In my life, a lot of support, a lot of love, a lot of caring, and um, it felt good. Yes, yes. See, when, if you want love, you have to be love. If you want to be respected, you have to respect yourself. If you want to be supported, you have to support yourself. Put your arms around yourself every single day and say, I love you. The God in you. The God in you. You are divine. You are Swami's beautiful creation. Now, the lady in the purple dress wearing the sweater over her shoulders, did you practice seeing everyone as Swami? And if so, what happened when you did that? Um, sometimes I did remember to do that. And... Um, if I felt love and a smile in me, it was always it always was reflected back and forth. Mm -hmm. Were you able to love that other person as Swami? Uh, I haven't gotten to really feeling the love. I felt it for I felt that for a few moments this morning. Um, and for me, what helped me get to it was thinking of my mother. 
when I felt mother was a very loving person yes yes when I felt my love for her then I could feel love in my heart so when you remembered right otherwise you were forgetting right it doesn't sound to me like you were afraid to love but you had forgotten to right. love right right okay all right very good thank you thank you was anyone able to lose themselves in love? Yes? Can you share what happened, sir? No, 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 no. Question and answer session over. Were you able to lose yourself in love? Were you able to simply be lost? There's no more I, there's just sigh, just love. Did that happen to anyone? To a, to a degree. Mm-hmm. To a degree. Um, there was much less identification with Jay and with who I think I am, with the body, with all the ideas, with all the feelings, with everything. It was, uh, it was, it was as if I was one hand and the person I was identifying with was the other hand. Not identifying with, I'm sorry, connecting with. But the, the consciousness was in the body that connected the two of them. So it was, it was in neither one, but recognized all were one body. But that's still at the mind. It this felt like it was the in the heart. heart. comes from the heart. Dr. Michael has an experience. Michael, can you share what happened to you? I had this uh, great job of uh, greeting everyone at the door to the dining room. And so uh, each day I smile and, and uh, namaste to each person. This morning, it was overwhelming. As people would make the turn down the steps, I just felt this energy coming from them to me. It was, uh, it, it was terrific. And uh, I was just sitting there, blissed out doing that. Good, good. One more comment, sir. Yes, sister. Sire, uh, this is regarding um, the... Uh, the love that you feel, you know, um, um, not, I didn't feel it in these two days much. You but didn't feel then, any love this No, no, I days? mean, not, not that. When you are fully immersed in love, the feeling. I have felt the love, but I have felt this two months ago. It's been little frequent. When I feel love, I'm lost in it for no reason. I don't know why, but I can't do anything at that time. But that day I can see things happen very smoothly. And the reason behind this is two years ago I came across your speech and I followed those same instructions that you gave from two days. And I haven't been doing it continuously, you know, intermittently, but then they have been working and it's Swami saying it's for you to do it every day, which I'm forgetting to do or for some reason or the other. Uh, during, uh, I have one more question regarding uh, my experiences. I get weird experiences. I don't know how to express it. I don't know whom to talk about it. And um, I was scared and um, people used to call me crazy things. 
and um, this was like two years ago before that I started four years ago I started deeply into right. spiritual I practices I understand I understand so what you need to do is to get grounded uh-huh. to get grounded and you need to place yourself back in reality what happens when we simply get lost in love or get lost in bliss that's all fine but you still have a physical form and that form has to be taken care of it has to work the body is meant to work the body is meant to serve if you're not doing these things your body is as good as a corpse this is not the time for people to sit in their sadhana in a cave or the mountains or the jungle or even their own home this is the time where we go out into society serving swami in each person around us whether it is in our work our school or our families otherwise we simply chant sidam sidam oh i think i had this wonderful vision and it's all a bunch of nonsense you have to get grounded now let's move on to the next topic thank you sister for the comment constant integrated awareness we've been speaking about self-realization this entire weekend when we practice this constantly when we make it our lives when we live it when we breathe it we develop constant integrated awareness sister you're not listening down in front don't lose this opportunity constant integrated awareness is when we are always alert we are always aware baba is be alert be aware some of the gents were sleeping they were not very aware when they were doing the chanting how will you be fit for the highest knowledge you cannot be you will come back after another birth or another birth wasting this opportunity how is it possible be alert be aware practice this constant integrated awareness how do you do this put together all of the things that i've already shared with you this weekend and practice them you heard the sister just now say that she's practicing some of the things that i spoke about 2 years ago sometimes that's like saying i eat food once in 2 months is that okay i take a bath once in 3 weeks is that all right i brush my teeth Uh, on alternate thursdays is that okay no of course not every single day every single moment as long as you are breathing you have to practice why are you forgetting is there anything else more important than this sister are you paying attention sure what did i just say constant what don't lose this opportunity do not waste this opportunity swami is come he's allowed these things to come through don't lose this chance wake up wake up wake up that's the only reason he sent me here was to wake you up to get you out of the slumber to get you out of your daydreaming how many of you today during the jyoti meditation when i asked you to say i am the light how many of you could identify with that how many of you could actually feel that yes i am the light wonderful wonderful see it's not hard these things are not hard but the thing is that we forget we fall asleep we get 
hypnotized by the maya of the world. We say, I want more things for my beautiful bedroom and bathroom. I want more luxury. I want a bigger car. What happens? We buy a car, and as soon as we buy a car, we see someone else's car, and we say, I wish I had a car like that. Right? Or we buy a house, which we think is very nice. We're so happy. We're barely able to make the mortgage payments every month. And then we look at our friends who has a much bigger house, and we think, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a house like that? There's no end to your desires. There's no end. And as long as you have these desires, you will never succeed. Once, about five years ago, this happened the year before I came to Swami's hospital, there were, we have a very strong team of physicians there, but suddenly three surgeons, three cardiac surgeons just left. And in those days, Whenever someone would come or whenever someone would leave, Swami would be informed. Swami had to approve all hires for uh, nursing level and above. And when he was informed that these doctors leaving, he said, how come? Why? Uh, did we not provide them with proper accommodation? Swami is very concerned that all of his physicians should have uh, the proper facilities. Then uh, at that time, Dr. Valetti, who's now director of the Puttaparthi Hospital, was speaking to Swami, and, uh, Swami, and Dr. Valetti said, Swami, dabu kosam Swami, meaning Swami, because of money. Swami said, dabu ante me main lemu, which means if it's money, there's nothing we can do. Not because of money, because of desire. There's no end to desire. You can earn $100,000 per year, and then you'll be wishing for $150,000 per year. You could earn $300,000 per year, but you'll be wishing for $450,000 per year. End these desires, and you will end the mind. You will end the thoughts. The mind is nothing but a bundle of desires, and the only way to get rid of the mind is to end your desires. How much do you need, really? Most of your closets are filled with clothes that you hardly even wear. Right, guys, for your wives? No? True, no? <laughs> Get rid of your desires. You don't need to live with that much. Not saying you live out of a single closet and live like paupers and beggars, no. Swami is very insistent that you dress according to your standard, that you live according to your standard of life. As a physician, I make sure that I'm always dressed appropriately and always kept appropriately when I see my patients. Nothing should be out of place. It's very insistent on that. But don't waste your time with too many desires. Now, when we spoke on Friday for the first time, I told you a story about a devotee who had gone to Krishna. And this is the story that Swami told. And the devotee had asked Sri Krishna, Swami, when he had come in his Krishna form, Lord, what is the best devotee? And Krishna gave three different examples. The first was the rock, which Krishna asked him to remove from the river. The rock was wet on the outside, but after he asked the devotee to break the rock, we saw that it was all dry inside. These are the worst types of devotees. They're only sweet as long as they're in the river, and there's nothing else uh, beyond that. They're as dry as a stone inside. Their heart has no compassion. The second type of devotee, for that, Krishna took the hem of his silk uh, Dhoti and dipped it into the river and when he pulled it out it was wet with the water from the river. He said this is the second type of devotee. As long as they are saturated or immersed in these practices they are wet. But within a few moments the wind came and, and uh, the fabric was dried and he said but once they are removed from that they become dry again. This is the majority of Sai devotees today. 
This is the majority. As long as you are in your centers, as long as you are coming to the retreat, you are happy, you are Sairam, you're not shouting at anyone, you're not overcharging your credit card, you're not spending too much, you're, doing, you're being a good devotee. But the moment you go back to your home, you're back on Facebook, you're back on email, you're back on TV, internet, you're doing all things you shouldn't be doing. You forget the teachings that you were just given. Don't be like this kind of devotee. Waste. The third type of devotee is the best type. And for that, Krishna asked the devotee to give him, the one who had come to him, to give him some sugar candy. And they placed it in the river. And within a few moments, the sugar dissolved. And there was no more sign of the sugar. It was just the water. And Krishna said, the best type of devotee is like this. They lose themselves in their love for the Lord. There is no more devotee. It's just the Lord. And this is the practice of constant integrated awareness. And there is no you, there is no I. One of the gentlemen told us that he was feeling, I was loving. That's not it. And there is no I in this state. It's just love. It's just love, loving, love. That's all. This is the type of constant integrated awareness, the constant integrated practice that we have to follow. To reach this level of awareness, one has to have silence. Because as long as there are thoughts clambering around the mind, making all sorts of noise, you won't be able to practice constant integrated awareness very well. Very quickly, you will forget. And when you forget, you will fall asleep. So you have to learn to develop this silence. Take the silence that you've been working on this weekend and deepen it further. I will tell you what my practice is. I don't like thinking. I don't like to have a thought. If I have thoughts, I think, why? Waste. I'll give you an example. Have you ever been to Puttaparthi and you're sitting for darshan and in, when Swami was physically with us, and you're yearning for the Lord to come and grant his darshan. You just can't wait. You've been there for hours. Your legs are aching. Oh, you want to go to the bathroom, but you don't want to get up. You know that Swami's going to come pretty soon. And, 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 and suddenly, there's a little bit of flurry of activity near Swami's home. The gentlemen line up in white, and Swami comes out. You can't see him just yet, but he, the darshan music starts playing. Thousands of hearts are uplifted and everyone is looking towards the gate where Swami is coming from and you're hoping that soon you will have a glimpse. There is a column in the way, this way, that way, but you know that as soon as Swami passes that column, he's going to be fully in your view and you will be able to have his darshan to your heart's content. And just as you're watching, as you're watching, you know that Swami is going to appear before you. Just at that time, the person in front of you moves his head and blocks your view. <laughs> Happens, no? It happens to all of us. Yeah. Thoughts are like that. Thoughts are like that. It's okay to think if you're using the mind as a tool, right? Use your mind as a tool. If you have to drive home today, you will probably make sure that you have sufficient gas in your car, that the tires are inflated, that you know where you're going, that you can follow the, the route home, etc., etc. That's fine. That's a good use of the mind. But once the work is done, put your mind away. If you're a carpenter and you're working with the saw the whole day, when you're done with your work, 
Do you bring the carpenter home, put it on your dinner table, and then have dinner? No, you put it away. You leave it where it belongs. The mind is like that. It's just a tool. It's a bundle of desires. Use it to complete your work and do your work with absolute excellence. And then leave it. Learn to practice constant, constant, constant integrated awareness. Let's practice this now. I'm going to teach you the thumb meditation. I know you've already done this before. I hope you've already done this at least once or a hundred times. But we're going to take it to a slightly higher level this time. You see, every teaching that Swami gives us has multiple layers of practice. If you take the most basic level, chant the name of God, there are so many layers of practice of that simple practice, right? You saw this today when I asked you to chant not as if you are chanting to God, chant as if God is chanting the name of God. You see the difference? See how it changes your practice. You don't need to, what most people do is they'll practice one thing for a little bit, they'll become restless, and they'll go looking for a new practice. Correct? They haven't even barely done the first practice to start with, they've not even finished the first level of practice, and they're already off looking for the next. Restlessness. You'll never succeed if you're like this. Stick with that practice and go adding layer after layer, increasing the depth of your practice. Let's now do the thumb meditation. Swami has given this meditation on several occasions. He says the thumb meditation is the essence of all forms of meditation. It doesn't matter what form, in the end they all lead to this only. And what we do in the thumb meditation is we simply watch our thumb and watch it. And that's all. We don't have to think we don't have to do anything. We don't need to say, oh, I need to cut my fingernails. We don't say, hmm, I need to put on some lotion. Nothing. We just watch. And we allow the mind to become empty. Thoughts will come and thoughts will go. Who cares? Let them go. Don't hold on to them. Simply be the silent observer. You only need to do this for about 11 or 12 seconds. I'll go over the exact time in a moment. Let's practice this for 12 seconds, okay? So everybody get out their thumb, and when I give you the signal, we're going to look at our thumb, and we're just going to watch it. And then when I give you the signal, we'll end, okay? Everybody ready? Got your thumbs ready? Okay, and begin. and stop. So, sister wearing the blue, the, the what happened to you? Mm -hmm. No thoughts, no thoughts. Good, very good, 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 good. Let's do it again. If a thought comes, if a thought goes, don't worry about it. Don't pay attention to the thoughts, focus on the thumb. Don't pay attention to your breathing, focus on the thumb. Just be aware of what is happening to your thumb. Okay, everyone got their thumb ready? And begin. And stop. What happened to you, sister? Wearing the white scarf.
you were an observer. First time you were thinking, this is Sai within. The second time, you were thinking that I was the observer. Good. There were no thoughts. Very good. Very good. Let's do it again for a slightly longer time. 20 seconds. Oh, God, 20 seconds of silence. Let's try it, okay? Everybody, get your thumbs ready. The most beautiful thumb, the most perfect thumb is right there before you, God's thumb. And let's begin. And stop. Now the person who coughed, what were you resisting? Who coughed? What were you resisting? What thought came to you? I was thinking about your saying this was God's thumb. And I was feeling like kissing the thumb. And I don't know, maybe that was upsetting to me. I don't know. Yes. Yes, reflection, reaction, resound. That's how it works. Watch your thoughts. Watch your thoughts. Thank you. Now, Swami says you, you, you can do this with anything. You can do this with a star. You can use it with a light. You can use it with Swami's photo. Uh, you can use it with a speck in the wall. He says, why your thumb? Well, because you carry it around with you wherever you go. In the hospital where I work, at Swami's Hospital, I do this when I'm walking through the hospital. It's a big hospital. Swami made it big because he wanted the patients who came there to feel the spaciousness of the halls, the spaciousness of the rooms. Too often, most hospitals are cramped and crowded these days. But Swami's Hospital is spacious, it's airy, it's light. And so I've got a lot of walking to do. So as I'm walking, I look at a small speck on the floor. Why? Because it would be really strange if I walked around looking like this. <laughs> so I'll just pick a speck on the wall or the floor as I'm walking, and that becomes my thumb meditation. And as I pass it, I go on to the next. There's no thinking involved. Why? I don't want to think. Thoughts get in the way. I just want to see the self. And thoughts come, and they block what I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see only God. And those thoughts get in the way. The thumb meditation allows you to push those thoughts aside. Actually, what happens is the thoughts go away by themselves. Now, you had the thought of your thumb. Is this God's thumb, etc., etc., etc. Now, let's do it for a little bit longer. And just to, if a thought comes, wonderful. Let it go. Just let it go. Okay, so let's get our thumbs out again. And whenever you're ready, breathe in once and begin.
and stop. So what happened when a thought came? Susan, if you can give the mic to someone next to you. Um, I realized when the thought came that that was a thought and I can just get rid of it. I don't have to think that. Yeah. I can just go back to my thumb. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy you said that. <laughs> and then I thought, how many times a day do I, because of my work, totally become immersed in a type of looking at my thumb, but then thoughts come in. Am I doing good? Am I doing, is somebody criticizing me? Whatever. And now I realize I can get rid of those thoughts. Yes. Simply let them go. Let them come and let them go. You don't have to hang on to them. I'm so happy. Thank you so much, sister. Now, you can do the thumb meditation with anything. We're going to change our focus now. We're going to go to Swami's picture. We're going to do it with Swami's photo. And then we're going to go to the next level of the practice. Okay? So all of you turn your attention now to Swami's photo. Let's get ready and begin. And stop. So how was that different? Comment from the gent side. Who has the microphone on the gent side? So how was that different? Just wait for the mic, please. I found that it was like the same sort of experience. You lose your thoughts, but uh, I have like an inner dialogue going on, and I'm trying to block the thoughts, but like... Mind stuff, mind stuff, it is, mind right? stuff. It's okay. mind stuff. No. Leave it. Let it go. It doesn't matter what visions you have. It doesn't matter what you hear. It doesn't matter if whatever happens, mind stuff, let it go. It's awareness. It's consciousness that's required. Yes, sir, just behind you. Something it's saying inside, I can do that, I can do that. What is that? Mind stuff, mind stuff. Leave it. And behind you, please. Okay. Just to your right, behind you, if you can give him the mic, and then we'll come back in a moment. Sir, uh, I, I had been practicing this uh, for some time ago too and when I did with Swami, uh, suddenly this message came to me that Swami says, watch, watch your acts and thoughts, uh, character, heart. So suddenly that message came to me. So I just wanted to share with everyone. Mind stuff, mind, it's all from the mind. Let it go, let it go. God-realization is not about thoughts. Self-realization is not about thinking. God-realization, constant integrated awareness is being. Be alert, be aware. Let's do it again. This time, whatever thoughts come, let them go. Stop. We're all side days. We wish that, oh, Swami spoke to me and he said this. Focus on awareness. That's what matters. Let's go ahead and do it again. Everyone get ready and begin.
and stop. Okay, now what happened to your thoughts this time? Not last time, what happened to your thoughts this time? Comment from the back. I, I didn't have um, thoughts. I had my heart just started to move and um, I had some tears. Great, good. I was just touched by... Uh, Very good. Sir, behind you on the... On, on your right side. Uh, while I was doing this, uh, things started getting foggy. Is it mind? Mind. Okay. Mind. It's not important. Let it go. Don't focus on these things. They're not important. This is, see, all this New Age stuff, it's, this is where New Age stuff types, takes you. It's like, ah, the house is filled, the room is filled with divine beings, celestial beings, and I'm just looking up like this thing. what? You know, it's all rubbish. Let it go. It's all mind stuff. Awareness is what is required. Constant integrated awareness. Not constant thinking. Constant integrated awareness. That is what is required. One more practice, and then we'll go to the next level. Let go of the thoughts. Everyone get ready. And begin. And stop. Much, much better. This time a few thoughts came, I could see. A few of you, some of you, were able to let them go as well. This is what you have to do. It's constant, integrated awareness. It is not constant thinking. The thoughts simply get in your way and they block your view of the reality. Constant, integrated awareness. Now. Let us go to the next level. This is first, first grade thing, what we've just done. Let us go to second grade. In this practice, what you're going to do is you are going to allow yourself to merge into whatever it is your focus is on. Whether it's your thumb, you would merge with your thumb. Whether it's a speck in the wall or the floor, you would merge into that. It's all God anyway. In this case, we're going to do it with Swami's photo to make it a little bit easier for you, okay? So we're just simply going to merge. And if a thought comes, you're simply going to observe that thought and let it go without dwelling on it, without giving it focus, without giving it energy. You will just let it go because it's not awareness. Okay, everyone ready? and begin.
and stop. The gentleman who coughed, who was that? What happened to you? Why did you cough? What were you resisting? I just coughed. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> what were you resisting? What thought came to you? Nothing. What emotion, what impulse came to you? I got irritation in my throat. I'm thinking about that only. Go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. Okay, go deeper. Resistance brings suffering. The moment you resist anything, you will suffer. It's a universal rule. So what happened from the lady side? I saw a lot of ladies get it. What happened from the lady side? Yes, in front, please. So I felt the energy was coming through me. Mind stuff. Mind stuff. Mm -hmm. In the back there, in the purple shirt. Ah, exactly, exactly. Whew, I was getting worried because it's almost time for the talk to finish. <laughs> How much time do we, when are we finishing, Al? Four o'clock? <laughs> All right, I was getting worried because, you know, I was thinking, oh gosh, Swabi, what am I going to do? Silence, silence. That's the essence of the practice, is silence. Did anyone else get that? Yeah? Hare, wow, very good, very good. Let's do it once again. This time we're going to do it with our thumb. It's very simple with Swami's photo. We're going to do it with our thumb this time. I want you to get the practice so you can understand. You're going to merge with the object of the meditation, which is the thumb. Let's get our thumbs ready. Allow thoughts to come and go. We're going to be merged completely into the thumb, which is a simple manifestation of divinity. And begin. and stop. Some of you I could see could even develop a sense of bliss, right, when you're doing this technique. Don't stop there at the bliss. What happens as we saw one lady felt energy coming, we tend to stop, we tend to get some experience with the, oh, like this. Don't stop there. It's just observe it and let it go. Even if you have sensations of bliss, even if Swami begins to speak to you from the inner voice, don't stop there. Go further, go deeper. Allow them to come and allow them to go. Energy may come, visions may come, feelings may come. It's not awareness. Constant, integrated awareness. Okay. This is the practice. Did it take you 10 hours of meditation to achieve this? No. 
took us a few minutes, that's all. This is the practice, constant integrated awareness. If you practice this, Swami says, this is what we did just now for 12 seconds. In the Ashtanga Yoga, the Eightfold Path of Yoga, this would be considered concentration. Not meditation, concentration, because we just did it for a short period of time, although that 12 seconds actually is enough. Swami was telling the students about this thumb meditation, and I teach this to all of our nursing students as well as our residents in his hospital, and I've taught it to his students in the university as well. He says, if you practice this for 12 seconds every day, at the end of six months, you will have one-pointed concentration. Actually, the, the words he used was laser-like concentration. So imagine if you teach this to your children. Imagine if you were a student and you practice this every day. At the end of six months, you would be able to read a book and then be done. How often do our students read books and we read a paragraph or two and then we realize, I don't know anything I just read. It happens all the time because of this lack of focus. So teach this to your kids. Teach this to your SSE children. Teach this to your own children. Now, if you do this, the, the amount of time Swami has said in one discourse, he said 11 seconds. In another uh, personal interview, he said 12 seconds. The reason for the difference is because it's actually neither. It's something like 11.55 seconds or so. It's in Sanskrit, is a, is a certain yogic term for it. It's not relevant here. That's the reason. Let's use 12 seconds just for the sake of convenience. So if you do this for 12 seconds, it is one dharana, one concentration. If you do this for 12 times 12 seconds, which is 2 minutes and 24 seconds, that is one dhyana, one meditation. So if you can continue this for 2 minutes and 24 seconds, that is a complete meditation. All of you have 2 minutes and 24 seconds free during the day, no? Do this. Now, if you can get the hang of this almost two and a half minute practice, very, very good. And if you extend this for about 28 minutes and some 40 odd seconds, roughly 29 minutes, then you will have samadhi. Then you will have samadhi. So if you want to experience samadhi, this is one of the paths that you can take through the thumb meditation. Ignore the thoughts, ignore the energy, ignore the feeling, ignore the lights, the, this thing. Just witness them. Just be aware. That's the practice. There are other ways to achieve samadhi, deep meditation, but they all involve silence, though. They all involve silence. When my uh, wife and I were courting, when she was before marriage, I would take her by the hand and I would, we would sit down together. I would take her by the hand and I would say, come, let's experience samadhi. And off we would go like that together. Guys, it works like a charm, let me tell you. <laughs> Otherwise, practice this simple technique and you'll be able to get it, but it takes some practice. Now, I want to talk for a few minutes about some of the things I have seen in some of the individuals here. Some people, like those who were sleeping during the meditation, waste, laziness, sheer laziness. But they may be very good in things like getting their insurance paid for, uh, taking care of the bills, making sure that the kids' uh, tuition fees are paid for school, etc. Et These are all part of daily living that need to be done. Let's call this 
horizontal integration. Just for the sake of, of, of explaining, I'm going to call this horizontal integration. This is all the daily task of living that we have to do. Most of us don't like doing it, like paying taxes or paying our cell phone bill, whatever it is. These have to be done because they're part of living in society, meeting the deadline at work for your boss's next big project. It's all horizontal integration. The opposite would be vertical integration. This is all the sadhana that we're doing, where we're trying to raise our awareness from once in a while I forget, I don't practice, I'm falling asleep, to I am God, and God is all that exists. This is the vertical integration. Now, many of you who are listening to this and many of you who will be watching this on video will be very good or pretty good at the vertical integration part, but you will resist the horizontal integration part, right? Is that correct? We don't like paying the taxes. We don't like having to go to school and find out what problem is there with our child or our child's classmates. Uh, maybe we don't like going to the neighborhood association meetings, whatever it is. It's different for every person. Maybe we don't like going to our in-laws for Thanksgiving or having our family members over for the holidays, etc., etc. That's all the horizontal integration part. But in previous births, we've done enough of both. In this birth, it's time to integrate both. It's time to integrate both. Vertical integration and horizontal integration. You have to excel both in the spiritual excellence as well as in material excellence. Both are required. And you know what happens? Some of you... Where is that one person? one of you especially, two of you. What happens is in your previous birth, you were very good at doing all this sadhana stuff. And then when it came time to doing anything to do with the world, you would say, no way, that's maya. I don't want anything to do with that. I will stay in my cave or my jungle or my hut and I will meditate and I will be a yogi. And you know what happens when you resist? What happens? You suffer. And whatever you resist, does it go away? No, it hangs around. Whatever you resist is going to persist. And guess what? In your next birth, kabam, right back. You're back in society. You're not a sadhu. You're not a sannyasi. You're not a yogi. In this lifetime, you have to be able to integrate both the worldly and the spiritual. Both go hand in hand. Actually, everything is spiritual only, but what happens is we tend to divide it. This is a Sai Center work. This is the non-Sai Center work. Reality, it's all Sai's work. It's all Swami's work, right? This is this horizontal and vertical integration. Stop pushing those things away. It's part of life. Embrace it. Remember, the real master will embrace everything. Swami never pushes anything away. Love all. That's what loving all means. You don't have to run away anywhere. You don't have to go hundreds of thousands of miles or even a few thousand miles to find the truths. It's all here inside, just a few inches within you. That's it. Now, in this last few days, you have received a tremendous amount of information, life-changing information. That information has to lead to transformation. Otherwise, it is waste. As Swami said, 
information must lead to transformation. And you've had the good karma to come here and listen and be in this sacred divine environment. If you waste this, you will have burnt up that positive karma and incurred negative karma. Don't allow that to happen to you. Use this opportunity. Go home, review your notes, share your notes with others. Maybe you want to put a few notes together from a few individuals and share them. Maybe you want to review the video talks or video recordings at a later date so that you can remind yourself of what was shared. So much information has been shared with you these last few days. Put it into practice. Every practice has layers and layers of depth. So focus on that. We just saw it just now with the thumb meditation, how powerful it is, right? Constant, integrated awareness. That is the goal. That is what you're all here to achieve. I love you all very much. I love each and every one of you more than you can ever imagine. Swami's love is the only love that exists. There is nothing in creation except love. Love alone is reality. The reflection of love is divinity. Want to thank Swami for allowing me to come here. Just one more story, if you don't mind. Four separate occasions I asked Swami to come to the U.S. My parents live here, and when I left in 2008, I thought I would come once a year, see my parents, see my brother, my other family members, my grandfather, who was my first teacher. And so I brought tickets after about eight months of staying in the U.S., thinking I would come back and uh, pay them a visit, etc. And then Swami spoke to two of uh, our close friends, two long-time devotees, and he says, do you know Dr. Srikant Sola, who works in Whitefield Hospital? They said, yes, Swami. He says, he's bought tickets for the USA, but he's not to go. Tell him not to go. I finished, so canceled the tickets. So next time I got smart, and I uh, wrote down on a piece of paper, Swami, may we please go uh, to India? I'd like to see uh, my parents. Swami said, no, wait, okay. Well, maybe now is not the right time, et cetera, et cetera. Then this 18-month period where he, happened where he wasn't allowing us to go out at all, so the question of going to the U.S. was out of, the, out, of the, out of the question. So then after that was over, again, Swami, may we go to the U.S.? I'd like to see my parents. He thought for a minute, no. The fourth time, I had written down, I was holding it like this. Swami looked at me. I start, he looked at the paper. He looked at me, and he said, <laughs> I sat back down. That was enough. Then three separate times in dreams, I asked Swami. And Swami said, no. Then this last time after Satya called, and again I asked Swami, and Swami thought for a moment like this, as if he doesn't know. And then he looked and says, huh, you're now baked, you can come out of the oven. <laughs> so I want to thank Swami for allowing me to come here. I want to thank the organizers for putting together such a beautiful conference. I want to thank all the Seva dolls for giving their time and effort. And I want to thank you because you are my own reflection as well, just as I am yours. Thank you to all of you. One of the things that has happened with this trip is I'm able to go back to the Cleveland Clinic where I used to work. I'm still adjunct staff there. It's an honorary position. But I'll be training, as Dr. Michael had mentioned, in some of the newest technologies. These technologies are not yet available in India. I'll be bringing that back with me. And Swami's hospitals will be the first centers in India to be utilizing this new technology. And that's all because of you. So thank you to all of you.
Now, after this, I won't be speaking to you. I've spoken enough already. I know there are many people who would like to meet me and ask me about my son, my wife, my daughter, my this thing. You've already been told enough. Enough speaking, you now need to practice. So I'd ask you kindly to respect that and to practice without speaking. If you wish to thank me, all you have to do is to practice what you have learned this weekend. So with that, we'll end. Jay Sidam.